Hello out there, breadwinners. This is Regina, and you are listening to Office Politics Radio, a podcast dedicated to helping you with your work life. You can get in touch with me and find out more about me and my show at officepoliticsradio.com. You can also follow the links to my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn pages, or you can email me directly at Regina at officepoliticsradio.com. Jeremy Weiss here. Today we have Regina Romeo, who has more than 20 years of experience in human resources. Regina has a degree in psychology and criminal justice, a master's, and is a PhD candidate. She has been an expert witness for the past nine years in cases all over the country. She is host of OfficePoliticsRadio.com. Her philosophy is, this is HR, not an ER, although sometimes you cannot tell the difference because she's dealt with everything from bomb threats to workplace violence to people using a conference room as a bedroom. And this episode is brought to you by ReginaRomeoConsulting.com. If you're an HR professional and want to learn more about how to get started as an expert witness, contact Regina. She can give you the first few steps to help get your business off the ground. If you're already advanced, she can give you steps to get to the next level. And today we're going to talk about crazy termination stories. And Regina, you have a wealth, breadth of experience and... We're going to start off talking about stealing and how you handle people stealing. And um, you had a coworker, and yes. there was they were a supervisor over some part-time workers. What happened? Um, well, this person was a supervisor over some part-time workers. So we had three shifts, and you know, as a student worker, you're not there 40 hours a week or really some, some predictable amount of time. So what he did was he convinced them or just basically instructed them all to give them, to give him their password. I said that wrong. To give him their password. Yeah, that's right. And, um, so he could have it, you know, in case I need to get into an account that you worked on and you're not here. And that way, you know, the work can get done if it's one of the days that you go to school and you're not coming into the office. And this was, you know, back before we had the, you know, 12, 15 layers of dual authentication and all the other stuff that we have these days. So obviously, you know, they followed instructions and gave him their passwords But what he was doing was logging on as these different individuals and diverting money from the accounts that we handled to his personal account. So the system would send him a check versus sending it to the person whose account it was. And it was never like, you know, $10,000 at a time or whatever. You know, if you really want to get away with something, you keep kind of a small you know, just a whole lot of small transactions going yeah. and going. It and reminds going. me of like Office Space, the movie where they're like taking fractions of a penny that turns out right. to be millions. <laughs> so, because you want to stay as far underneath <laughs> the radar as you can, because with most, you know, fraud detection, there's a there's a threshold. You know, so if it's something that's under X amount of dollars, the system may not even pick up on it. But that's what they tell you. But in reality, if you have a pattern of any type of transaction that sends up a red flag also. Mm. So we're at work, you know, minding our own business and the office essentially gets swarmed by these FBI agents. Wow. So they come in and they arrest him at work. 
and walk him out in handcuffs. And this guy was like the most, just you would not even think he was doing anything. You know, he was just the nicest guy, the most professional guy, the most, you know, quiet guy or whatever. Cool dude. And just one day it was just, and we joked because X-Files was popular at the time, you know, that Mulder and Scully came and arrested him because they were from the FBI and walked him out in handcuffs. So it turns out that he had actually embezzled um, a couple hundred thousand dollars, I believe it was, and had bought a house, um, had all this stuff in his house and was not, you know, shy about the amount of money that he had stolen to live a better lifestyle, you know, and um, he eventually did get caught. So crime does not pay, but um, he lost his job and everything like that. So that was, that was kind of my first um, engagement, I guess would, I, I would say with people stealing something at work, but that was kind of a big one. And so did that happen automatically or did some like something in the computer system alerted or did someone from work alert the FBI? Um, what happens is when you're, when you're dealing with, certain amounts of money, especially when you're doing some type of wire fraud or banking fraud, our agency would alert the FBI because those are federal crimes. So mm. then they would start tracking, you know, so what someone kind of saw something going on and they then told the FBI to track it. And that's when they probably tracked it over time. Right. So our, you know, my former employee, we have a fraud detection. So even in the most, you know, like I said, ancient type of systems or whatever, once you create a pattern or they see that a lot of transactions are coming out of a certain unit, they'll start looking at that a little bit more closely. So when they start looking at it, if they recognize a pattern and then they know that this is something that has to be turned over, then they'll call in the FBI and then turn the information over to them for prosecution. So right now with your expertise and years experience, at what point do you, have you found are you going to have to kind of resort to turning things over to another authority, whether it's police or FBI or, you know, it's out of your kind of jurisdiction? Um, It really just depends on the nature of the offense for anything that involves any type of um, I've had employees who were stealing people's credit card information Mm -hmm. or, you know, using their credit card information once they've taken it. Like if we're open to the public and we take payments for whatever, um, there's always somebody who wants to risk everything, you know, and we alert usually the local authorities um, for starters. And depending on the amount of money, then it might be something a little more substantial like the FBI. Yeah. If the person's still working there too, right. Mm -hmm. Then, Mm -hmm. And what, what's the sequence that's proper for like an HR person? Are they supposed to alert police first and let them handle the situation? Or are they supposed to approach the person and fire them? No. Or how does it no. work? What's, <laughs> yeah, what's the, we, the we sequence? We try to be as behind the scenes as much as possible right. because you don't really want to alert the person that you're on to them. So you want them to go on about whatever type of misconduct that they're doing yeah. and you know, kind of create an audit trail. So if you know that somebody is, let's say, stealing $50 a day, you know, every other day, you want to track that. And so you can show the authorities that, you know, they're creating a pattern and not alert them at all at that. So upfront, my involvement as an HR person, I don't do anything but gather the information. So we'll contact our local, um, Sometimes um, employers will have their own audit department or they'll contact the district attorney if, you know, 
it's grand theft or something like that. If it's wire fraud, like I mentioned before, we'll contact the federal authorities. Um, And it just depends on which, you know, governing agency we contact. But when we're first alerted about it, whether somebody is telling on somebody else, or like I said, a red flag goes up from some some internal controls, then we just kind of sit back and watch it unfold for a little while, but alert the authorities and they'll kind of give us instruction on what they want us to do next. Yeah. So what what have you seen how people track it? So obviously there's a computer way of tracking things. Have you seen other HR people or facilities? Do they ever have cameras or install cameras and they're watching it? Or is that it's just more typically digital watching it digitally? Um, over I would say it's a, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, sometimes, especially if you're working um, in a front counter, like say you're working at, you know, a DMV window or you're working at um, doing just any type of um, administrative payments that people are making. If they're coming in to pay their parking tickets or whatever, or pay any type of bill, you're handling a lot of cash. Yeah. So there's usually a lot of cameras around, first and foremost, and then there are ways to put things in the system. So when I worked at the courthouse, we had another situation where the person in the window where you pay your traffic tickets was kind of working in partnership with the person who was inside the courtroom telling the person the amount that they had to pay. So what happened was the person in the courthouse would say, okay, your ticket is, I don't know, let's say $400. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Because, you know, traffic tickets can get outrageous. But if you give me $300, then I'll lower your bail amount. And then on paper, it would look like you were paying, let's say $150. And then the clerk up front would take the, take the money and then they would split it. So the, Mm offender would still pay a lower amount. So they're paying 300 instead of 400. But in the system, they would only put that the person paid 150 and then they would keep the other $150. So they would give them incentive to pay cash. Right. <laughs> you know, so if they so were it wouldn't in, be tracked. Well, if they were coming in with, but you could do that with cash or a credit card or anything, because you can divert funds several different ways. And they, you know, figured out a pretty good system. Cause when you're, when you go to traffic court, you're already a little nervous, you're a little scared. And it's just like, there's a big dollar amount that the judge is going to tell you that you owe. So any type of anything you're like, well, maybe I will, <laughs> you know, pay that lower bail amount. And then there were, you know, people working together to just take off with part of the money. How do they catch someone like that? It's, it's probably hard to, to catch them. I imagine. Well, there's, um, like I said, so there's some internal controls in the system. And then there's like an expectation, especially if they're working in the same department and all of the bail amounts for, you know, that day, that week, that month are all lowered because you can go and ask the judge to lower your your amount that you have to pay. But they're not going to do that for every single ticket. You know, you right. have to have a compelling story. So, right. you know, it's 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 criminal behavior. So people think that they're smarter than than the controls that are out there to catch him, and most of the time they're not. Yes. Um, so, Regina, I know it, this is sort of like one of those TV shows, like we protect the identity of whoever it is, but um, you don't have to tell the person or the story, full story, but what are some of the things that you've seen people actually steal? Like you've talked about money, you've talked about what else have you seen people steal 
and you again you don't have to tell identity or the whole story but i'm sure you've seen um, some interesting things that people have actually stolen really just everything i mean i've had i had an employee who stole a digital camera which wasn't even a, a, a good camera <laughs> like not, no no camera that's worth like losing your job over right um i've had other people that will steal that have stolen um um some of like the gps equipment out of out of trucks that mm. that we had for our employees you know that they did who knows what with um really a little bit of everything so you know beyond just like paper and and paper clips or you know pens or whatever um when we started having a lot of printers in in the office you know yeah. when that became a thing um people would steal computer paper yeah and and just I walk mean, is out that like a slap on the wrist or what is it? Well, what do you do it's, for well in this particular case that I remember, it, it was just the volume of paper that they had taken because you know a pack of paper, <laughs> you know five hundred pages back in the day you're talking about, it's probably less than ten dollars for one. Yeah. But if you steal it, you know, and then you go and you resell it somewhere, you could resell that for whatever you wanted to. Right. So it's. It's it things add up. So some people steal big and some people steal little, but it's it, it's kind of all the same thing. So my involvement is usually when somebody is, let's say, mid theft, you know, when mm. when they've already kind of established something, they're doing something, they think they're getting away with it. And, you know, there's there's eyes that are on them that they don't know about. Mm. And then what's a piece of advice you have for another HR professional when first being alerted to one of these type of stealing situations anything like first protocol advice um the best advice i would say is to not speak to anybody except people that you have to speak to about it mm -hmm. like my first phone call if i've discovered that somebody is stealing something um i usually would call inside counsel call our attorney mm -hmm. and then they you know he or she and I would talk to the authorities and kind of tell them what's going on and then yeah. brief our, you know, executive level management or director or, or whomever about what, what we suspect is going on. Cause when somebody first brings you this story, you have to keep in mind that you're only getting One a time. part of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it may be, Hey, I forgot to tell you that I was actually in cahoots with this person and we had a falling out. So I'm kind of guilty too. Cause I've had that happen as well where mm. people kind of turn on each other. So it's easy to point the finger at someone, but in order to really take a case either to a criminal or a civil resolution or mm. even take it to an authority or even have enough, um, evidence to terminate someone, you have to do an investigation. So the first part of that is just information gathering, um, interviewing the witness that came to you. Um, I've gotten other information through anonymous letters <laughs> sometimes, you know, really? to just say, hey, this is what's going on. And I don't want to, because the person may not want to be called upon to give a statement or sign a statement is or the letter be involved like... in the is it like typed out or is it like one of those <laughs> ransom notes where they cut out with magazine the, with letters? Different fonts and everything. Right. And no. what is Usually I, I, I've received, it's mostly like just a typed out letter, okay. um, you know, <laughs> on just blank paper, you know, and a white envelope that gets slid under my door. That's happened a few times. Okay. And it just tells a story of something 
untoward that was going on. So um, not like a ransom or anything, nothing, nothing that exciting, but um, definitely. <laughs> I've seen too many movies. I just picture that ransom. <laughs> I'm cutting out different letters. <laughs> right. They're like holding somebody hostage or holding some information hostage or something like that. No, nothing right. like that. Just, just people wanting to disclose. Um, that there's some wrongdoing and, you know, alerting somebody in it, that that works in a capacity that can do something about it. Got it. Regina, this has been fantastic. Everyone, you want to check out more episodes, go to officepoliticsradio.com. If you're an HR professional and you want to learn more about how to get started as an expert witness or even advanced, go to reginaromeoconsulting.com. Regina, thanks again. Thanks for having me. If you've been enjoying the show, tell a friend and share my links all over your social media because the best endorsement is word of mouth and that's how I grow my audience. Also take a moment to go onto iTunes and leave me a rating review so other people that we don't know that we're not friends with yet can also find my show. All right, breadwinners, that's it for me for now. Thank you very much for listening in and keeping in touch. I read everything that you submit and I appreciate all of your feedback and your comments. You can find me online at officepoliticsradio.com. My site has links to all of my social media platforms as well as my contact information. If you have any other questions, comments, or show ideas, just get in touch with me. Have a great work week. Be nice to your HR staff. And until I talk to you again, behave yourselves. <laughs>